It's best if you don't reach out. The unexceptional late 30s male against COVID-19, genital herpes, and $18 an hour employment. For more adventures, visit my website, bestifyoudon't.com. Part 28, March. I become the off-brand counselor. Yearbook class was over, and I awarded my girls 100%. When I logged into those specific classes, I saw there were journalism lessons I was supposed to teach along the way. Oops. Principal Hillbilly never told us anything about our jobs. We were warned that the corporate HR lady was coming to talk to us soon, and she had interest letters we needed to sign as the contracts for next year were fully prepared. Mr. Dutch confided in me that he was not going to sign up for another year, and I told him I didn't think I was going to either. I figured I'd just job search over the summer vacation while still getting paid. I went back to mindlessly giving 70% to all the students assigned to my classes and otherwise waited out the clock on the remaining school year. While yearbook class was over, my yearbook girl still talked to me daily. Sometimes we'd occupy the small group classroom and I would simply listen to their challenges and successes. More students started asking if they could join our support hour for pandemic fatigue and teachers started recommending that more students yet stop by to relieve their frustrations. Principal Hillbilly found out I was spending an hour a day checking in on student mental health and began sending me students who came to school smelling like marijuana instead of immediately dismissing them back home. Professional development became extra boring with my mind nearly made up not to return next year. I warmed up to the idea of a chill job search with money coming in from summer vacation pay. Principal Hillbilly, now vaccinated, delivered a PD in person. She brought the English and History Department into the small group classroom and left the Math and Science Department on the floor to supervise the students clicking away in the computer lab. By now, a quarter of the student body had returned to campus. The PD was some nonsense about becoming a more functional team, and the activity had us writing and acting out a script where we plan a birthday party. Mr. Pecker turned on his creativity and started writing a script that eventually annoyed Principal Hillbilly because the the party planning elements meant to showcase our individual strengths quickly descended into opportunistic murdering of each other. Mr. Pleats and I kicked back and talked about sports, his dog, and his girlfriend's career. Principal Hillbilly also checked out and scrolled social media on her phone, waiting for us to finish our oversimplified team-building assignment. Halfway through PD, we heard Miss Cat Gastro's blood-curdling scream. Two boys on the floor had been mad-dogging each other the entire week up to now. One boy had been coming to school in person for several weeks, and the other had only recently shown up. Apparently, they belonged to rival gangs and had past conflict involving drugs, girlfriends, and stolen property. The boy better known to us had always been soft-spoken, respectful, and work-minded. Even though he wasn't an English student assigned to me, Mr. Pecker was cool with me walking him through the English class essay 
say, back when I was more enthusiastic about doing so. The recently enrolled boy made a triggering comment from his computer seat, and the boy we already knew sprung up and unloaded punches onto the shit talker. That was the part of the fight where Miss Cat Gastro screamed loud enough for those of us in PD to hear. Mr. Dutch and Mr. Spudspank responded quickly, and when the rest of us exited the side classroom, they had already separated the boys. Mr. Zenslack ate a sandwich. Still, the boys were yelling threats at each other from opposite sides of the computer lab. Mr. Spudspank was doing his best to calm down our familiar student who was now wielding a knife, and Mr. Dutch was calmly blocking the unfamiliar student each time he tried to lunge out of the corner to continue the fight. Mr. Zenslack cracked open a soda. Shit talker was gushing blood from his nose. Principal Hillbilly, to her credit, bleated out for Miss Moon or Miss Cat Gastro to call 911 instead of just gawking. The rest of us evacuated the other students from the building and stood around the gas station with them until the police came and took the two boys off campus. In the immediate aftermath, Principal Hillbilly demanded we get the spook students back to work before anyone from corporate arrived. Since a few of the students couldn't stop crying, I took them into the small group classroom and began helping them process. They shared that they thought the boys might have started shooting at each other and believed their lives could have been endangered by guns today. As they spoke, I realized that outcome is a possibility at any school in the United States on any day of the year. I told them the thought of a school shooting scared me too, but today's fight seemed to be personal between the two boys involved. Before long, we played music and invented silly dances to make each other laugh. Of course, Principal Hillbilly shoved her head into the room and demanded we get back to computers and act like a violent outburst hadn't just traumatized everyone. The corporate spin job included an email to parents about heroic teachers swiftly evacuating the student body as soon as the fight started and blaming the tempers of the two boys on pandemic fatigue. The email said teachers would receive additional training on de-escalation strategies within the next week. When next week came, Principal Hillbilly told us about all the asses she kicked while in high school herself and how she always let the other student with whom she had beef throw the first punch so she was protected from disciplinary action. De-escalation training over. I started applying for jobs when I realized HR lady's interest letter, which I signed, meant next year's contract was going to be offered to me before this year even ended. That meant I wouldn't have the summer for my chilled job search. Arizona struggles so much retaining teachers that the contracts become a challenge to beat. If a teacher quits, then the school can charge them a penalty and also add their name to a database other schools look at before making hiring decisions. So I applied for some lame case management jobs thinking I could secure employment and avoid signing a contract for school year 2021-2022. From the lame case management job, I figured I could conduct my chill job search during the low effort training weeks that always come with those lame case management jobs. I wrote a resume that misrepresented my frequent job hopping by just absorbing multiple shorter employment stints into my few longer employment stints. And I can't recommend this strategy enough. I've committed resume fraud the last few hires and never been caught, 
even with supposedly enhanced background checks. A supervisor from a lame case management agency called me and asked if I could come in for a late morning interview next week, and at first I told her I couldn't because of my school schedule. Then I thought how ridiculous was responsibility in this situation and said, actually, I'll just tell my principal I'm going to traffic school or something. Okay, great, said the supervisor from the lame case management agency. Not that I'm a dishonest employee, I added to cover my willingness to lie to my employer. You are off to an amazing start, groaned the supervisor. It's best if you don't reach out. The unexceptional late 30s male against COVID-19, genital herpes, and $18 an hour employment. For more adventures, visit my website. Best if you don't dot com.